Hey friends, we are back for our first interview of season four of the By His Grace podcast. I am Misty Phillip. I am your host and tour guide for this episode. I want to thank you for joining us today. I don't know about y'all, but there are some topics that really tend to resonate with me in a new year, and that is healthy living and home organization. Maybe it's because of the few extra pounds I packed on over the holidays, or it's trying to bring some sort of semblance of order to my home after a crazy busy holiday season. So I decided it would be a lot of fun to kick off season four talking about food and health and why what we believe about ourselves and our faith affects the way we see food. I've asked my friend who is a dietitian and eating disorder coach to come on to the By His Grace show to talk about intuitive eating. Please welcome Brittany Braswell to the By His Grace podcast today. Now, if you enjoy this episode, would you please do me a favor and share it with a friend and leave us a review at Podchaser or wherever you listen to the By His Grace podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Welcome to the By His Grace podcast. I am your host, Misty Phillip. Friends, I am excited to welcome Brittany Braswell to the By His Grace podcast today. It is a new year and everyone has makes resolutions and we, we talk about how we want to eat better and how we want to be in better shape. So I thought it would be great to bring Brittany on because Brittany is a registered dietitian and she is a nutrition coach, but she also is an eating disorder coach. And so she works with her clients to help them from a faith-based perspective, deal with the issues that are causing them to have eating disorders. So Brittany, welcome to the By His Grace podcast. I am so glad you are here today. Oh, I'm delighted to be here with you, Misty. So thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So one of the things that uh, struck me was this intuitive eating. So Mm -hmm. can you explain to me what that is? Because I was like, I don't even know what that is. What does that mean? Yes, this is a subject I love to talk about. And I think the reason I like it so much is because it's so in line with scripture, which means it's kind of automatically opposed. It's like opposite of what culture tells us. And the term I use a lot is diet culture, because not only are we in, you know, facing the secular world every day, but there is this whole other sort of subsection or culture that is so focused on dieting and weight loss and, you know, you need to eat this way or not this way. And so the, the concept of intuitive eating, it's really an evidence-based framework and it's for approaching health from a non-diet weight neutral perspective. So the goal of intuitive eating is really to help you step away from all of those sort of external factors that, that might tell you, Hey, you need to follow these particular rules or guidelines when it comes to eating 
And it's really aimed to help you cultivate body awareness. And so we can talk about that a little bit, that really being able to get in touch with what's going on in your body and eating and moving and treating your body in a way that nourishes you and that really just helps you feel your best. Love, love that. So let's get into some specific ways that we can improve our eating as we head into this new year. What are some some ways that we can make better choices, maybe create new habits? What, what do you recommend? So I like this question because it actually starts at like the end of the process. So in intuitive eating, there are 10 principles. The final principle is all about gentle nutrition and nourishing your body in a very gentle way that's separate from diet culture that that allows you to really honor your hunger and fullness. And so I like to talk about this and I'll give you guys kind of sort of just some basic ways to get started. Also with the caveat that this isn't where I wouldn't start with the focus on nutrition. And I'll explain why, because when especially in the realm. I love working. I serve primarily women. I serve some men too. And when I'm working with them on, you know, improving their relationship with food and really working on the body image piece of things, they're often so focused on what do I need to eat or how much and just, just give me like a new set of rules, right? Just tell me what I should eat or what I shouldn't eat. And we do want to focus on nutrition, right? I'm a, I'm a dietitian. If that didn't matter to me, I probably don't need to do what I'm doing. And also it's not all about the food. There are so many aspects of physical health. And I always like to be specific with that because when we look at our health, I really like to look at health as an umbrella kind of category, right? Physical health is one type of health, but we also have mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, social health, all these things. So from a physical health standpoint, in order to nourish our bodies well in a way that makes us feel good, I think we have to first backtrack it to really looking at starting with what do you believe about food and about who you are? Because our beliefs, like your a core belief is something that you believe to be like 100% true 100% of the time, right? So like a core belief for me is Jesus is my Lord and Savior, right? Like he came to earth as a man, he died on the cross, he rose, like that is something that I've always believed to be true. There are other beliefs we might have about food or maybe even about nutrition specifically that might be accurate or they might not, but they're going to eventually lead to lots of different types of thoughts, right? You have a belief, it leads to different thoughts that you're going to have throughout the day. Those thoughts usually create some kind of feeling or emotion, right? It might be something along the realm of, you know, joy, excitement, or it could be on the other end on something maybe that doesn't make you feel so good about yourself. But ultimately, feelings really help contribute to identity and the way that that we perceive that at least, right? Like how we see who we are. And then it's usually the way that we see ourselves that leads to our, our actions or behaviors or decisions. And those decisions, that's where the nutrition piece comes into play. We decide what we're going to eat, how we're going to take care of ourselves, but it really goes back to what do I believe and how does what I believe affect how I choose to take care of myself. So I know that's sort of like backtracking a little bit, but I like to set the stage before I talk about nutrition just to help everybody know that it's not all about the food. Because I mean, like, raise your hand. I know I can't see everybody listening, right? But <laughs> raise your hand if you have ever, like, I, the verse, uh, the passage pops up in my head about, like, in scripture, I do the things I don't I don't want to do, and, and I don't do the things I want to do, right? And we see food so often that way, like, oh, I, I should 
you know, air quotes, eat this way, or I know I need to do this, but, you know, I'm just not for whatever, for whatever reason. And so I'll, I'll give you guys kind of just some of the basics on what I would call like your nutritional hierarchy or like how to start prioritizing your nutrition. And also knowing that going back to intuitive eating, there are a lot of things that lead up to that. So if you're having trouble implementing some of these right now, that's okay because this is the the end goal, not the starting point. So does that make sense as far as a sort of lay in the foundation? Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you get to the point to where you are ready to make some of those nutritional decisions, you talked about there being a hierarchy. So let's dig into that a little bit so we can get some practical application here. Yes. So I would say step number one, or like if you almost think about it as like a like a pyramid, right? Not the food pyramid. Back in, back when I was in school, that's what it used to be like the nutritional food pyramid. But from a hierarchy standpoint, your foundation, you want to make sure step number one, you are eating enough, right? It's so easy in the new year to go, okay, well, I need to focus on getting more fiber or more protein or more vitamins and minerals or whatever that is. And oftentimes when that is the, the goal, it's not to say it's a bad thing, right? We want to give ourselves good nourishment, But when we get so focused on that, oftentimes we're excluding a lot of foods or maybe we're just not taking in enough in order to make sure we have enough energy to function during the day, right? So we've got to, number one, make sure we're eating enough. So that would be sort of the the very first priority of very basics. Right after that is when you can start then focusing, knowing, hey, I'm getting enough to eat during the day. Now I can focus on getting a little bit more of a balance maybe between your macronutrients. So macro just means large, like we're talking about the types of nutrients that give us that energy. So that's your carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. So if you've ever heard the term macro, that's what it's referring to, a macronutrient, right? So step number one, eat enough, make sure you're getting enough. And if you're having trouble knowing if you get enough, that's where it can be really helpful to seek out like a dietitian or nutrition professional. Please, please, please don't go try to use some kind of online calculator that's going to tell you what you need, because most of the time it's not going to be anywhere specific enough. So step number one, make sure you're eating enough. Step number two, we can start balancing out carbohydrate, protein, and fat. I think this is a point where a lot of people get stuck because I'll give you kind of a general guideline for this with a big caveat on knowing this would be for someone who's already very physically healthy. They're not struggling. They maybe they don't have any particular like medical conditions. They're not an athlete, but in general, we typically need, you know, 50 to 60% or so of our energy from carbohydrates. And most people are like, oh my goodness, that sounds like so much, but you, most people only need about 30, 35% of their energy intake from fats. And then only about 10 or 15% from protein. So I don't know, Misty, does that sound like, like, does that sound familiar to you? Or is that like, I I feel like I get so many questions and head shakes. I'm like 60, 60 ish, give or take 35 and 15. Most people are like, I thought the big one would have been protein. Right. Well, and I live in a house full of men and boys. And so they, I call them meditarians because they want every meal. But I think what people don't quite understand, especially, you know, with like a vegetable can give us carbohydrates, but it can also give us, you know, protein, right? So like if a bean, let's say a bean, we can get both. So they're a really great complex. So I think it comes down to, to what we're putting in our bodies and then the amounts, right? Um, Yes. 
Yeah, so there's definitely like your starchy vegetables like that can give you like like beans are a great example of something that gives you kind of that balance or or mix of carbohydrate and protein. And then you've got foods that are maybe primarily one of those nutrients or the other. So it's it can be really easy to overeat maybe when you're you're getting one of those nutrients or two. Same way as it can be really easy to undereat in the same aspect. If you're focused primarily on getting proteins, very likely you're under-consuming, maybe not total energy intake for the day. It depends, right? But you could still very likely be under-consuming carbohydrate, and that's our body's preferred source of fuel. So so yeah, it's it's learning. There's some nutrition education that can be really helpful there. And that's, but I would just say that's not the place to start. You definitely want to focus on making sure you're getting enough because if you're, if you're not getting enough, then it doesn't matter how much protein you're getting, right? Or, or how much fiber maybe you're getting from carbohydrate, you're still going to have some things out of balance. Yeah. I tried to make it our meals. I try to make them very colorful. And I mm-hmm. feel like if I'm making our meals colorful, then I'm probably doing a pretty good job with just, you know, the weekends, I'm just going to give y'all a little tip here for a busy wife and mom who wants to eat whole foods and doesn't always have time to do that. And I've got my people home. We all work from home. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I'm serving a family of, of four grownups. And so I'll take the weekend and I'll chop a lot of my vegetables and put them in store them in the refrigerator. So when I want to have a meal, I can just pull them out or I batch cook on the weekend to prepare myself so, so that we can have healthy, easy meals that are ready to go. I know that there's a lot of food services out there and that sort of thing, but I'm kind of picky about my produce and I like organic. And I don't know, how do you feel about those pre-made meal services and and places that you can get food from? Do Do you utilize that or? So I don't currently, I have before and they are a huge, I'm in the, the full-time, you know, wife and mom boat too. And so Anytime you can make getting variety and balance an easier thing, I'm a huge fan of it, right? I I will even sometimes, I'll make sure to either get, I constantly in my freezer have staples of frozen vegetables that I can either throw in, you know, some kind of bag and steam in the microwave or toss on top of the stove top and do a quick stir fry or put some aluminum foil on a pan, throw them in the oven with a little you know, olive oil and salt and pepper and roast them. And it's a super easy, quick side dish. So yeah, absolutely doing some of the like meal services that already have everything measured out for you. So you're not spending 20 or 30 minutes of your time, you know, trying to measure or, you know, cut things and chop can be a huge, not only time saver, but it can be hugely beneficial on your health because you're much more likely to get a a balanced meal if some of that effort or time you can, you know, reduce. Yeah. I just am picky about my produce. So I, I've never done that. Well, let's shift the conversation a little bit. I want to talk about how our faith fits in. So you, we talked about it a little bit it, that that's kind of the beginning point of these thoughts and feelings and emotions that we have. And so how does our faith tie in with that? I love this question, Misty, because I feel like this is one of the ones that I I talk with a lot of my students and clients about on a regular basis because a lot of a lot of the people I work with reach out to me because they they see my website on my website that I really have a faith centered business. And I do have clients that 
that don't identify as Christians and I still work with them, but there's something that I feel like I would be holding back, especially in the realm of eating disorder recovery, if I didn't intentionally bring the Lord into the process because your faith is, can be absolutely critical in not just recovering from an eating disorder um, or even disordered eating behaviors. It's a little bit different, but really in getting your, your health sort of priorities straight because we're, we're three-part beings, just like the Lord, like we've, we've got the Trinity, but we are, we're body, soul, and spirit, right? Like we are spiritual beings that connect with the Lord. That's how we communicate with the Holy Spirit. We have a soul. So that's like, you know, our mind, our will, our emotions. We were created with that capacity to feel and to connect with other people. And we live in a body, right? So we want to take care of the body that we've been given, but we also have to know our identity is not tied to our body. Our body is the thing that allows us to carry out our purpose and to carry out the things that the Lord has for us and to be able to use us to serve other people. And so we've got to know where we're grounded, number one, so that we're not we're not trying to find our identity in our body size or our shape or our weight. Because as soon as you can reestablish your identity and separate it from what you look like or how you feel like you look into knowing, you know, my purpose or my my worth and my value can only come from the Lord, that in and of itself is the gateway to bringing you a lot of freedom from Maybe that negative body image or when you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror and your eyes tend to go to that one spot or for some of the women I work with, like 10 spots, they're just like, this isn't right. This needs to change. And the way that they see themselves is often the driving force or factor behind maybe some unhealthy or disordered behaviors. So I think that is the, the first part of things is recognizing faith has to, you've got to be able to include the Lord in the process and know that. You're, you're not grounded and you're not identified based on your body size, but that that can ultimately only come from the Lord. That's right. And I would just add to that, that he loves us. He created us. He formed us in our mother's womb and he thinks we are pretty amazing. And that right there, he's done everything. He sent his son to die for us. And so therefore we can, we don't have to do or be or look a certain way. Just, we are just loved. And I think if people could understand that it would be a game changer because I know once I made that shift in my life, it was definitely a game changer. So I want to ask you about eating disorders in particular, if there's someone here who's listening and, you know, I know as a young girl and young girls in general and the problems with Instagram and people want to look a certain way, how would a mother identify or a parent identify an eating disorder in their young person? Yeah, this is a This is something I I hear a lot and I I really appreciate you asking that question because I think a huge piece of not just treating disordered eating, but really preventing it is having increased awareness around it. So whether you're listening and you've struggled with disordered eating or not, anytime you can be watching out for some of these things that I'll share, it can be a really great just sort of red flag thing to check in with somebody and just see how they're doing. So from a sort of behavioral standpoint, I would say there's some physical signs you can look for, but there's also some behavioral signs to look for that might indicate a negative relationship with food or body. Behaviorally, you really want to watch for 
food habits and patterns um, that might include things like restricting. So, and I don't just mean restricting in the sense of skipping meals, right? Restricting could be restricting certain food groups that are maybe outside of medical necessity, right? Like if someone has celiac disease, of course, they're probably going to restrict things that contain wheat, right? But you want to look for, hey, is someone, is my loved one cutting out whole food groups? Are they skipping out on maybe social or family situations where food is, you know, part of the process where there's a meal served or, hey, we're all going out to a restaurant together to gather. And maybe you notice, hey, they'll go to they'll go to church with their friends or they'll go out and hang out and go do something. They'll go to a movie, but they're not going to go out to eat. If you notice they're getting up after a meal to either go exercise or if they get behind closed doors pretty quickly, a bathroom, a bedroom, somewhere else in the house and kind of shut themselves off pretty quickly after a meal. That's a good, it's, you don't want to assume the worst, but it's a good point to check in. Um, And especially if you start noticing that become habit. So one of the things I really like to encourage a lot of the parents that I work with that have adolescents or, or even even like younger kids I've worked with, uh, I got a referral for someone who's 11 this week. So if you start noticing that as a habit, being able as a the parent or just loved one, a spouse to say, hey, let's do something together and we're going to stay together for you know 45 minutes or maybe even an hour after mealtime. And sometimes the eating disorder behaviors come up there. They all come up to meet some sort of need. We could do a whole nother podcast on that in and of itself, but But just to kind of give you the Reader's Digest version of this, um, there's a lot of needs that eating disorder behaviors can meet. One of them is a big one is often comfort um, or safety. And so if someone is feeling some sort of sense of fear um, or maybe they they finish a meal and they're really nervous about, oh, I I wouldn't normally eat that much or I feel like I overate and they're they're concerned about what it's going to do to their body that might create enough fear that they're going to engage in some sort of behavior in an attempt to sort of quote unquote, makeup for that. Right. And so those are a few things behaviorally um, that you can watch for. Yeah. So that leads me to my next question. What is the missing piece in improving our relationship with food? So I mentioned this sort of quickly and alluded to it earlier, but I think the biggest thing is letting go of control and inviting the Lord, not just inviting him into the process, which is absolutely foundational, but saying like, (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to quote the Carrie Underwood song, like the Jesus take the will part. (laughs) There's probably, and I always laugh when I think about this, even though maybe it's not like, ha ha funny, but it's so easy for us to say like, okay, Lord, like when you're, when you're dating, this was me like in college. And I was like, all right, Lord, I'm just giving you my dating life. You just bring me whoever you want, right? Like you bring me the right person because I'm so sick of trying to figure it out on my own or, okay, God, you, you can have my work. I'm going to let go and let you you know, lead me in this way, but how easy and maybe I should say how difficult does it feel sometimes to say, okay, Lord, you can have every area of my life, but I'm going to maintain control of my body weight and my shape and you designed me, but something's wrong and, or I did something wrong. And so now it's my job to air quotes again, fix it. Right. And Mm -hmm. so being able to, and this is not, it's simple, but it's not easy right? To say, Lord, I want you to take this. Like I, this is, this is in your, your hands. I want you to come along and give me the wisdom, not to only steward my physical health well, but to really focus on growing my spiritual health 
so that I can hear you better and know how to better care for this body and mind and, you know, emotions and everything that you gave me. And I think that is so crucial for us to be in good health in order for us to do all of the things that we want to do to partner with God. And so we need to be healthy physically. We need to be healthy spiritually and emotionally because they all go together. So you have some resources on your website to help people. I know you just launched a course and then you also have a free ebook. Would you share about those things with, with our listeners? listeners? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So because I get so many of these questions, especially like how does faith and intuitive eating sort of collide? I wrote an ebook that really just introduces intuitive eating from a a faith-centered perspective. And it's so funny. (laughs) It's a lot of the resources that I love, Misty, that you provide. I hear the phrase sort of faith over fear a lot. And that is kind of the initial title of the ebook. And it's, it's called Faith Over Fear ditch food rules and nourish your body without guilt. And so it's really learning how, how do I break all of the rules that diet culture has set and use scripture as a foundation in order to help me get back to this state that I was created in, right? Like we're all as babies, we're intuitive eaters at birth, right? Because every baby is either going to turn their head or fall asleep, right? When they're done eating, whether they're nursing or taking a bottle, right? So we're created that way. And this ebook really just helps introduce you to those 10 principles on how can we get back to that stage that we were created where maybe we've had some things along the way that have gotten us out of tune with our bodies and maybe even our our spirit to some degree. So that's there. It's absolutely a free download. If you head to brittanybrazalrd.com slash resources, you'll find the ebook there. I do have a couple of like self-paced courses. So if you want to dive into the content deeper, you can do that. Or if you feel like, and this is what I noticed with a lot of my clients, they really want the extra support and accountability of having other people that are going through the process. So if you feel like you really want the accountability piece of things, you guys can find a work with me tab on there and you can see some different ways that I offer for like one-to-one or or group programming. If you feel like having that connection with other Christ-centered, this, I'm sorry for a man listening to this, the group is only for women. <laughs> but But if you feel like you really just want that, that Christ-centered community and connection, all those resources are there that you can access. And that's so important for us to be in community because a lot of times when we're in a struggle with whatever it is, whether it's it's food or exercise or drugs or alcohol or whatever the struggle is, we it could even be marital struggles or financial struggles, whatever those struggles are, when we're going through them, they feel so very alone. But if we could just learn to reach out and get in community, share our our troubles and allow the Lord to come in and, and heal. Just, it's just a beautiful thing to do that in community. So I'm so glad that you have all of those resources. Well, I have really enjoyed talking with you today, my friend. I know that this podcast is going to help so many and we will put links to everything in the show notes so that they can find you. And so I'd just love for you to have the last word about, you know, as we step into this new year, what are just a couple of nuggets that you can give people practical steps to make good choices and to start the new year off right? Yes, I would say one of the most practical strategies I would say is to drop the word healthy from your vocabulary or drop the words, especially good and bad when it comes to food. 
I like to encourage my clients and students to swap the term, like this is a good food, this is a bad food for the word beneficial to say how beneficial or how is this food going to benefit me right now? Right. If it's a slice of pizza and someone would normally say, oh, that's a bad food or that's unhealthy. Well, if you look at a pizza pizza and you go, okay, well, what about this could benefit me right now? Maybe number one, it satisfies your hunger. Number two, you've got carbohydrate in the crust. You've got fat in the cheese and some protein. And depending on your toppings, you've probably got more protein and fiber. Right. So around, you know, all around, you're getting some nutritional content. It might not feel like it when you're trying to compare it to something else, but reduce that comparison as much as possible and focus on how is this food going to benefit me right now? I love it. I love it. That is a good word to end on. So thank you so much for being here with me today, Brittany. And it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Misty. Thank you for joining me today on By His Grace. I hope you've enjoyed listening and are encouraged by our guest today. I would love for you to visit my blog, mistyphilip.com, for more encouragement. You can find me on social media as Misty Phillip, and I would love to connect with you there.